Awkward pause. I usually try and come in before the song ends a little earlier, but um, I didn't because I, I made a list and then I had to go across the room to get the list. Podcasting tip for uh, anyone new to the game. If you make a list of stuff you're going to talk about, put it close to you instead of across the room. This is the kind of, of great hint that you can get when you listen to this show. Well, today we have we have a few things to talk about. The first thing I wanted to talk about is uh, Goodreads giveaways are stupid. So this is something I learned. Um, I did two Goodreads giveaways for two things that I wrote last summer. And um, this information might not be interesting or helpful to anyone, but I'll, I'll try to make it an entertaining tale. So, um... You know, when you're when you're an indie author, let's let's call me an indie author or a vanity press, which uh, is what I call a one rep max attempt on a bench press. That joke is uh, for people who, in the crossover audience of uh, indie publishing and bodybuilding slash powerlifting. Huge Venn diagram that that makes. Um when you're when you're in my position, you kind of have to like take your take your moments. You know, uh, an opportunity will present itself, uh, not necessarily when it's convenient to like promo a book or work on a book or whatever. It will present itself when it's goddamn ready to present itself. <laughs> And so you know you have to you have to be flexible, and you also have to kind of get used to the idea of, well, I'm just sitting here doing nothing. Um, what should I be doing? Probably either working on a book or promoting a book. There's really it's um it's really fun being an indie author because the idea of free time becomes very abstract because there's always something you could be doing. You kind of have to. D- declare to yourself that you have free time. It's not like um it's not like, you know, a person who okay, you you go to work, you come home, you have dinner with the family, you put the kids to bed, and then once the kids are in bed and you're like, "Well, I'm tired. I'll probably fall asleep in 8 minutes. Uh maybe 9 if I'm feeling energetic today, feeling spry." But uh, you know, those 9 minutes are free time, right? It's like I can do whatever I want or I could do nothing. I could whatever. Um, And then indie author life is sort of like that's nine minutes and I can either spend it working on something to do with, you know, writing and publishing or I can not do that and probably deeply regret it. You know, I can I cannot do it for nine minutes and then beat myself up for 45 minutes about not doing it. It's a, it's a beautiful life 
and a, a great lifestyle to live. So if you have the opportunity, I highly recommend it. So I was uh, in the car with Poonmaster Flex and her parents because her dad was driving around. We took a long drive uh, to some different towns and stuff, whatever. It's not important. We were in the car for like four or five hours that day. And so I decided to spend the time um, setting up a Goodreads giveaway. It kind of, the idea came to me when I was in the car because I was looking at Goodreads and it was like, enter this giveaway, which by the way, um, I have entered so many Goodreads giveaways and I won one many, many years ago and uh, have not won since. Now, I kind of think this is because um, I uh, have changed to being like an author on Goodreads. So you kind of still have a profile where you review stuff, but you're also an author. I also used to get emails about like your the your reviewer ranking or whatever. Um, and I don't get those anymore either. So I guess you can't you can't live in both worlds. You can't uh, unfortunately, Goodreads is like, well, you have to choose whether to have your dreams crushed being an indie author or if you'd rather um, shout into the well that is reviewing uh, King Lear. Let's just put that one in. You have to you have to deal with the fact that your most popular reviews will be a scathing review of The Scarlet Letter, a review of a book called The Checklist Manifesto, where basically your review is popular because you just outline the concept of the book. It kind of is just a, a Cliff's Notes. And a book called uh, Steal Like an Artist, where you basically say the book is fine, but you know, something else might be more beneficial. <laughs> and then everyone's like, yes. Uh, that's how they say yes on the internet in long. So I decided to set up a Goodreads giveaway because I was like, I've never tried this before. And like, why not? Why not just see what happens? Invest a little in me. Take a swim in Lake Mead. And uh, let's just, let's see what happens. You know, just play with it. So uh, what happens is you set it up on Goodreads. It's pretty easy because Goodreads is owned by Amazon. So if you sell your books on the Kindle store, uh, a Goodreads giveaway is, they make it very easy. Um, probably because it costs like $200. Oh, that was the other thing. I got like a coupon. You know, not it's not like I got a coupon because they were like, you know, you're a real great guy. It's kind of, that feels like what coupons try to do is to make you think that you're special. Like, they're like, we sent this coupon to you and only you. Um, but in reality, we all know it's like, okay, uh, everyone got this same fucking coupon, right? There's no, <laughs> there's no trick to that. So um, I got a coupon. And so I could do, uh, I was like, I'll do two giveaways for the price of one. And I'll give away two very different things. So one of the things I gave away was the heistest heist ever heisted, a heist story of a heist special editor's edition, um, which is a humorous book uh, about shit. And the other one I gave away was called My Mother's Silver Bowl, which I would describe as literary horror. Um, it's short, you know, it's, it's quick. No, wait, I'm sorry. The other one I gave away was Here's Harold 
which is, uh, I guess I would also describe as literary horror. It's fairly graphic and gross. Um, and so, you know, what you do is you put it up for giveaway and uh, people can enter the giveaway. So here's what's interesting about it. And here's where it falls apart. I mean, for one thing, you have to pay, which I kind of get. But also, I mean, it it feels to me like this is A, a way to make money and B, um, I guess it prevents people from just being like, let's just do mine on a constant Goodreads giveaway basis. Um, so, you know, the paying for it sucks. Paying to give it away sucks. But then also, um, what's really bad about it is uh, I could tell based on who... You, so I, as the author, I don't get to, like, look through and see what anyone, you know... I don't know how the decision gets made of who gets it. I don't know if it's the first X people to enter. I don't know if it like prioritizes because I'll get notice of like, hey, this is on your to read list. But you know, most of my books are not on most people's to read list. Um, that's kind of the whole point of this. And you know, I, I've gone into Goodreads giveaways before and it's like you have the option to add the book to your to-read list when you enter the giveaway. And I guess I always assumed like, oh, I guess I should say yes to this and maybe that'll increase my chances of getting the book. But who the fuck knows? Um, you know, something about Goodreads. So Amazon bought Goodreads, I don't know, probably coming up on 10 years ago. And um, what's weird is they haven't ruined it yet, but they have um, sort of just left it be. So the problems of a, you know, a 2012, 2014 platform um, don't don't get better. And I think I think this is one of those things like, you know, Twitter buying Meerkat back in the day. Meerkat was like a, a Vine type thing, right? Um, I think it was for live video on Twitter. Who fucking cares? The point is they don't buy it to because they're like, this is awesome. We want to use this on our platform. They buy it. And then do nothing with it, so then it just dies. Because they're just like, you know, instead of improving our platform, we could just buy out every other thing that threatens it um, for an amount of money that no one would ever turn down. Because it's not like anyone out there is like, no, I believe in this. I believe in Vine so much. This is an important artistic endeavor. Um, and then you just buy it, and then just let it die. And that's easier than like, let's constantly innovate and make something that's worth using. <laughs> anyway, I don't know how the Goodreads thing is, the Goodreads giveaway thing is done. I don't know too, it's entirely possible that like if I worked for Macmillan and I was giving away a big book that was coming out, maybe I do get to a little bit more say in who gets it. Maybe I get to handpick it or something. Point being, um, it's just a bunch of random ass people. Now, discovery number one that I made about this is there are a lot of people who just go through um, the Goodreads giveaways and enter every single giveaway. Um, I think they enter them also without like seeing what it is and if it's something that they're mildly interested in. The first reason I think this is because the lists for the two uh, books that I listed of people um, 
I don't know how I had access to this, but I did. They were almost identical. So I was like, oh, okay. So what happens is people just push enter giveaway on everything. Because I was like, it doesn't seem like these would appeal to the two audiences. Like if someone happened to be a fan of mine, if some sick fuck out there is a fan of what I write, um, and I say sick fuck not because it's like, whoa, what I write is so twisted and edgy. I just mean it in the way of like, what's wrong with you? Like, get a hobby. You know, you do know Cormac McCarthy put out two books this year, right? You're reading The Heistest Heist Ever Heisted. But, uh, you know, Stephen King is still alive. <laughs> um, but anyway, I could just see that the lists were almost identical. And so I was like, that made me very suspicious because I was like, these are very different books with very different tones, very different descriptions. Um, you know, one is like a 15,000 word novella. One is like probably a nine page story. So, you know, pretty short and then uh, medium length. Um, and then I could see that the lists were the same. It also made me suspicious because as the giveaway closed and then... A couple reviews rolled in. Okay, so first useless thing, well, second useless thing about Goodreads reviews after a bunch of people just enter it. Okay, the reason it's useless for a bunch of people just to enter it, like it might sound like, oh, that's, what's the problem with that, right? Like you just kind of spread it wide and whatever. But when you're like an indie author and you know, you're not, your stuff's not going to be for everybody. Because if your stuff was going to be for everybody... Uh, a big publisher would probably be like, uh, we'll go ahead and publish that. Thank you. You know, if you had the skills and abilities to write that sort of thing, you wouldn't have to do an indie thing and you'd be okay. But um, when you're in the boat that I'm in, and especially when you're writing some narrow stuff. So, you know, a comedy book is like, that's the narrowest of the narrow. I'm sure some people would say a romance novel or something is like more a narrow audience, but I think comedy books are like, I just heard an interview with R.L. Stein because that's how he got his start. He was writing comedy stuff um, before he did horror. And he was like, nobody wants to read a comedy novel, especially adults. He's like, there's just no market for adult comedic novels. And I was like, he's not wrong. Because, you know, when I try and think of genuinely funny novels, one of my pet peeves of life is when you're like, when you Google like funny books and it'll be like um, Shakespeare's Twelfth Night. And you're like, oh, so droll. You know what I mean? And you're like, well, it's not like funny. And especially funny novels, because I'm like, well, funny essays, funny nonfiction, you know, I guess a a pretty boring story written by a very funny person can be pretty funny. Um, but as far as funny novels go, I think I've read like four or five contemporary-ish novels that I would call funny. So like, yeah, there's no market for that. And, uh, you know, I, I wish I'd talked to R.L. Stein 25 years ago because I'm like, well, that's kind of the exclusive direction that I've been leaning lately. Although maybe it just means there, you know, whoever out there wants to read a funny novel, whatever. I'm starting to suspect it's a lot more fun to write a funny novel than to read one. And maybe that's the problem. 
Um, the other one is, you know, uh, graphic horror, which I think is not, I think that definitely has its audience. However, it also has its audience that it's going to turn off, right? Like some people want to read a horror story where it's like a fucking Victorian ghost woman, uh, haunting an old house. And it's like, oh, there's no blood, there's no whatever. And it's like, oh, it's it's even scarier because the horror is all what you build in your mind, please. Um, so both of these books, I think, would have a relatively narrow audience. Now, I would hope that, because when you do a Goodreads giveaway, I think you give away like 100 copies. So I would hope that it's like there's 100 people who might be interested in it. But it was kind of like, well, listen, if you're not into... Toilet humor, buying a book called The Heistest Heist Ever Heisted, a high story of a high special editor's edition, which the cover is entirely of a toilet, would be a bad choice, right? That would be an unwise uh, decision to make, an, unright, an unwise reading decision. But people will read it if they get it for free, uh, because that's how people are monstrous. So it, it ends up on a bunch of people's to-read list because of that, the giveaway, right? The giveaway factor. And then the reviews start rolling in. And um, the reviews for uh, My Mother's Silver Bowl, or no, I'm sorry, Here's Harold in particular, were interesting because a lot of people didn't like it because it was too graphic for them. And I was like, that's such a weird critique because, like, this book makes no effort. The cover is also a blood-spattered picture. And it makes no effort to hide the fact that it's a very graphic story. And, um, you know, some people don't like that. And I get that. But, I mean, don't read it. And then the other, the heist story, it was, like, very mixed. Some people... The people who wanted to read it thought it was hilarious, and it seems that the people who didn't like that kind of humor, which is totally fair, uh, hated it. So both of them seem to be either kind of loved or hated. You know, there's n there's not a lot of, like, in-betweeners. And so what, what this has led me to believe, though, is that Goodreads reviews are, or Goodreads giveaways are bullshit. Because what ends up happening is it just basically spatters a random audience of people who use Goodreads. That's the only thing they have in common is that they use Goodreads. Also, they probably have a little too much free time on their hands. Um, so, you know, they'll like <laughs> enter Goodreads giveaways. They have, you know, the time to do that and then read some of the stuff. Um, but, you know, in general, it's it's not been, it's not worked out for me. And, you know, I haven't gotten a lot of reviews. Like, for paying for 200 books to be given away, I think maybe I've gotten 5% of those back as reviews. So that's like a very low ratio. And I was like, man, if this costs, if this normally costs $200 to give away 100 books, I might as well just like, I don't know, stuff them in little free libraries or something. You know what I mean? Like, just whatever put them sell them to the thrift like put them in the thrift store or something i don't know um anyway also i guess one of the things you know some of the reviews i was like hmm well it's clear you read the book but i just don't 
the the ways that some people critique books is they try to fix the book, right? They're like, here's what's wrong with the book. And sometimes you can tell the people who don't know what they're talking about. You know, in the book Here's Harold, there is a wife character, but she's not really a big part of the book. Uh, and it, and when I say book, I mean like nine-page short story. And someone was like, this story should have spent less time on the gore and more time developing the characters, especially the wife who was really underdeveloped. And I was like, I don't think the wife even appears in the story. But also I was like, it's a nine-page story that has, I think, two basic characters. Or it was like, I got to know the best friend character better than I got to know the wife. And I was like, mm, that's kind of, yeah, that was by design. <laughs> You're supposed to. You know, I was like, I don't know if you like... If you're like, I like stories about husbands and wives, it's like, well, this is not going to be, this is not what you're looking for. These are not the stories you're looking for. Anyway, that's, that's the big summary is I'm like, this is basically putting a bunch of books in the hands of people who don't want those particular books. They have no interest in them. Um, and so, and also, I guess, you know, I've started to think in the more negative path of like this is like a way that people get books and these are people who cannot figure out how to get books for free um, that they actually want to read they're like I'll just take whatever's on this garbage pile that is Goodreads giveaways and I'm sort of like you know you, there's there has to be a library where you live right I mean unless you're in I don't know war-torn Ukraine and then you're like well i could use a good book to read while I'm in the bomb shelter. I guess go for it. But other than that, I'm kind of like, are you not resourceful enough to be like, I don't know, I can just go to the library or like get online and check out an ebook or whatever. Anyway, Goodreads giveaways suck. Um, the second thing today. Oh, by the way, um, I've decided that this podcast is now officially a movie podcast. The reason I've decided that is because it seems like a third or so of podcasts are movie podcasts, like bad movie or um, blockbuster movie or whatever, movie related in some way. So each episode I'm going to say is about a movie and then, uh, you know, I'm I will probably never talk about the movie. I probably haven't even seen it. This episode, for example, is our episode on Glass Onion? Is that the sequel to, uh, or prequel or whatever to fucking Knives Out? That movie that, like, uh, was about how rich people are horrible, but then also made their clothing and homes look kind of wonderful and elegant? Mixed message there, Ryan Johnson. So this is our Glass Onion episode. Even though I haven't seen that movie, probably won't. Uh, the next thing today is uh, celebrate Christmas as long as you want. You know, I used to be like a lot of people where it was like, I can't fucking believe the Christmas decorations are out already. And I will admit that I do uh, see the Christmas decorations out in, you know, September. And I'm like, are you kidding? Like, King Supers. You don't have enough shit on the shelves. You got to put out Christmas <laughs> But I have started to, uh, 
I've started to change. I have matured. Okay. I had a birthday recently. And uh, I've decided that people should just start celebrating Christmas whenever the fuck they feel like it. Because you know what? Like, if a year is 12 months, and by my calculations it is, I got out a sextant. Not to be confused with a sex tent, you know, which is a tent that you have sex in. Don't really recommend that. I, I think camping sex is something, I don't know if people talk about that. I bet there's like on Outdoor Magazine website or whatever, they probably talk about that. They're like the unspoken, like, do you bang on a backpacking trip? And I can answer that question for you. Are you 19? Then probably. Are you 35? Then probably not. Um, you know, combination of factors, but that, that would just be my guess. Um, it's almost like, you know, when you're 19, you're like, let's just do sex all the time. And, you know, because maybe it'll go away again. Which, to be fair, when you are very young, that is very possible. And Kind of likely. I think a lot of people don't end up staying with the person they're with when they're 19. So, you know, you may have your uh, your your dry spells, as we say. So it does actually kind of make a weird sort of sense. But then I think you get a little older and you're sort of like, mm, I don't think this is going to go away from my life entirely. So this is fine. I'm, I'm fine being on a, a little bit less of a uh, you know, physically demanding schedule. But also, I guess if you're backpacking, you know, when I was 19, I would be like backpack 10 miles or something and then be like, ah, I feel pretty good. And uh, now that I'm almost 40, I think I would backpack that far and be like, mm, I don't know. I, I kind of just want to go to sleep, to be honest with you. I'm excited for the sun to go down and wish it was going down more quickly so that I could go to bed because that's like one of my greatest pleasures as an old man. Uh, anyway, if there's 12 months in a year, which I have determined using a sextant, not a sextant, I feel like why not have two of those months uh, that fill you with joy? And if Christmas is what fills you with joy, go for it. And it's like this revelation comes from, you know, you walk past a house and you see a Christmas tree up in like late September. And before I would have been like, what the fuck? And now I'm like, you know what? Good for them. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Putting up a Christmas tree is a faff, a hassle. And so you might as well put it up and enjoy it for a while before you put it away, right? You just do all that work for fucking three weeks of, of pleasure. No. And it's in your house. It's no worse than like, if I saw someone jerking off in the window and I'd be like, well, they're in their house and they are jerking off. And I've seen what I look like. I can only assume they're not jerking off while really looking at me. Their eyes may pass over me because I happen to be in their field of vision but I'm going to assume that I'm not the target of the uh, the jerking off. So, you know, it's fine. It's all fine. 
Um, so yeah, celebrating Christmas early, setting up your Christmas tree is like jerking off in the window while casually noticing me, making note of my presence, but not uh, specifically jerking off as an act at me. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> I, I, I didn't have it written down exactly that way. It was more just like, you know, celebrate as long as you like. But uh, it took a meander. Now, speaking of a meander, um, I recorded some brief pieces of audio while I was... So I took a, a long walk um, for my birthday. It ended up being just over 20 miles. And I recorded a few little pieces of audio while I was doing that. So what I want to do is see if I can go back and find those and uh, we can see we can see what this sounds like so hang on for a second I'm gonna cut out a bunch of buzzing and stuff while I manage some chords okay so here's the first part all right here we are 39th birthday we're at about 83rd Avenue uh, Pooter Learning Center starting today's long walk here we go All right, well, that's pretty self-explanatory. Um, so I did the, I did my standard thing. I, I got some beers and a backpack. Um, I also brought some bourbon um, because it was very cold this year. So last year I got lucky. This is the first year I tried this, and I did a, a shorter, like, 10-mile walk. And um, it was pretty warm. It was, like, unseasonably warm. So it was uh, pretty nice. Uh, this year it was pretty frigid. So, you know, I was like, you know, that's going to make me have to pee. And uh, maybe it'd be better to have a little less liquid sloshing around. And, uh, you know, an ice cold beer doesn't sound as enticing uh, when you're walking. But uh, this is part of the fun. And if you're if you are a person who drinks alcohol, I do recommend occasionally uh, getting your drink on at like seven in the morning. Because it's just weird. It just feels weird. And uh, feeling weird to me feels good, I guess. It just like takes you out of your, your normal routine in a pretty stark way. So uh, I, I was actually meaning to start probably a mile further down the trail. Um, but it was closed. Like the road was closed for construction. So I... I ended up starting at the identical spot where I started last year. Um, and then I just moved in the, I went west instead of east. Um, and the original plan was to walk a route that would have ended up being about 30 miles because I was going to start from my house and uh, end in Fort Collins. And then I got to thinking about it and was like, you know, you've been doing pretty good as far as not being injured. So I injured my hamstring a couple times in the last couple of years. And I was like, you're feeling good right now. Maybe this isn't the time to push it. Make, like, maybe you should exit this birthday feeling as good as you entered. And uh, maybe 20 miles of walking, that seems very doable. Um, but also not like the easiest thing in the world. And so maybe that's a good good way to go. And I'm 
mostly glad I made that decision. I was kind of like, maybe I should have gone 30 miles because it would be, you know, the last year of my 30s. But then I was like, I guess you could do that next year. <laughs> um, and yeah, I. anyway, let's, let's go to part two. Let's see what I did next. All right, we're about to hit mile five. Things are pretty good so far. Two beers in, five miles in. Um, had to take off my shoe. Had a little bit of a bloody toe. Should have clipped a toenail. You know how they get that edge. Uh, so I just kind of picked it off <laughs> the best I could with my uh, fingernails. And uh, yeah, this is the glamour of getting older, but also of birthday walks. I've also used Gold Bond Glide Stick, you know, to make sure I don't get too much chafage on my thighs and groin grundle area. Oh my god, I'm seeing a bald eagle right now. That's America. <laughs> but really, I did just see a bald eagle just flew out over, over this. I can only assume that's an endorsement of either my birthday or this podcast. Probably both. Probably one of the most American things you've ever done is listen to this show. Unless that's not appealing to you, in which case it's one of the most anti-American things. I, there's a lot of people who are anti-American but aren't pro-America. So whatever, wherever you lie... It's the most wherever-you-lie thing you've ever done. That's the only thing. Nature. Nature has endorsed it. All right. (laughs) I sound so out of breath just from walking. It makes it sound like I'm in terrible shape or something. But I guess, uh, I don't know. I I didn't feel like I was in distress at all or anything. It's, it's just disturbing, I guess, to listen to your own breathing uh, when you're doing a thing. I guess this is why most people don't do a podcast while they're walking. Um, I did some while jogging. You can uh, subscribe to Patreon for those. I did see a bald eagle, and I saw some, I think they were antelope. Um, could have been deer. Uh, that I was pretty close to for a while. It was a good wildlife day. Yes, I had a toenail that was, uh, I should have clipped. And so I was like, oh, you should bring nail clippers next year when you do this or next time you do this. That's like an essential piece of equipment because, boy, uh, picking off part of a toenail with just your fingernails is not an easy task. Um, and that it was happening kind of early in the day. You know, this was, so I was at mile five at this point of 20. Um, first quarter. This is the part too where it's like it seems like a bad idea. It's only it doesn't matter what the distance is. The first like third or so, I think I feel like at some point in there I'll be like, okay, I've listened to an entire podcast already. It doesn't feel like I've gotten very far. Uh, maybe this was a terrible idea, and I should just like call an Uber <laughs> to pick me up. Um, 
but I don't. I mean, partially because I'm just on this fucking trail. So I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Where I, if I was like, come pick me up, they'd be like, can I just drive on the trail? And I'd be like, probably. Um, just if anyone hassles you, tell them I said it was an emergency and I'll lay here and I'll, you know what? I'll smear some of this blood from my toe around and make it seem like maybe it is an emergency. And then who's going to blame you? It won't be your fault. It'll be my fault for being ill-prepared to, uh, you know, and then when I'm like, well, it was my birthday, so I thought I'd walk 20 miles a little bit drunk. Uh, people will be like, well, yeah, he probably should get picked up and taken to some sort of facility. That sounds like a facility-worthy idea. All right, let's see what we've got next. All right, mile 9.32, going through what I thought was kind of a tunnel. It's a very brief tunnel. Um, it's about as long as right now from when I started talking now to now. Now it's still a tunnel, but it's just a cage tunnel. I think possibly, probably to protect me from a golf course, which is on my left and right right now. I'm surrounded by golf. And uh, based on my own golfing abilities, this makes complete sense. This makes total sense. Um, if I sound a little drunk right now, I am not. I am very cold. <laughs> and I feel like my lips are not working. But uh, so far, so good on the walk. After making my small adjustments with my uh, toenail. And then also had my first desperate need to pee. Um, which isn't to say my first pee, but my desperate need to pee. And uh, made it to Eastman Park in Windsor. And there's the like uh, bathrooms at the park, you know, and I could see them coming up. And it had been like, okay, so before you get there, you're walking through Water Valley, which is a very fancy schmancy neighborhood. And it's like every 10 feet, there's like, neighborhood watch sign and like don't use this tiny little path because this is a private path fuck you like you will get arrested immediately which suffice to say means there were not opportunities to urinate anywhere for a little while so when I got to the park it was a uh, desperation time it was like doing a light jog the last probably 50 feet and was thinking in my head, like, what are you going to do if this isn't open? Because, you know, it's winter. Fall, winter. A weekday. Who knows if the bathrooms are open? And I was just like, shut the fuck up. Like, in my head, I was just like, shut the fuck up. Don't think about it. Because uh, if it happens, it's going to be your fault. <laughs> so I just kind of kept moving. And fortunately, it was open. And I took one of the longest, most satisfying pees of, I'm not going to say my life, but uh, my 38th year of life, probably. And uh, yeah, now I'm kind of back in, getting back into the sort of wilderness for a little while uh, until I hit the next golf course. This is kind of, the trail will kind of peter out. <laughs> and then I... We'll walk along a no sidewalk road for a little bit 
and then through a neighborhood that's basically a country club neighborhood and then I'll cross the interstate where there is a sidewalk so I think this is my last bit of uh, enjoyment for a little while after I cross that um, there'll be like a little bit more nature time and then it'll be suburbs for the last couple miles so probably need to enjoy this while I can um, because it is nice I do prefer it and you know if you did desperately need to pee you can <laughs> um, but yeah so far so good I kind of decided to do a 20 miler today instead of a 30 I was gonna walk from my house to Council Tree in Fort Collins and then have decided like I'm feeling pretty uninjured these days and I've had two to three years of on and off hamstring injury and was like why push it you know like you haven't walked 20 miles in who knows how long so 30 miles might be pushing it and uh, yeah so I'm gonna do 20 today and I think that'll be satisfactory I think being realistic about uh, you know maybe it's a young man's game to be like I'm gonna do as much as I can in one day maybe it's an older man's game to be like I'm gonna do more than I have in the past today but a conservative amount more <laughs> on my brother's birthday we walked I think about 14 so this will be 20. Oh, second tunnel. Hey, second tunnel. Should have watched one of those Lord of the Rings movies right before this. I feel like that's good walking motivation. Where they're just like, yeah, you just gotta walk there. This is kind of a, a crazy and weird connection. I just want to say that, preface it with that. So that you know that I know. Because, uh... Lord of the Rings and Ted Kaczynski's Industrial Society and whatever uh, sort of collided for me because I was watching Lord of the Rings and I was like it's kind of cool that they can just like walk cross country like it's a long way to go and I'm not saying I would prefer walking and being killed by a giant spider because I definitely would be but, because, you know, I am not the protagonist in life. But it's kind of cool that you could just walk a long way. And that was a big thing in Ted Kaczynski's famous manifesto. Also known as the Unabomber's Manifesto. Which is, uh... That, you know, they've, like, created cars and then roads. And then the roads prevent us from walking anywhere. So then you kind of have to have a car. And then you have to do the car things. And in order to have a car, you have to have a job. You know, all that. And in order to have a job, you have to have a car. And Anyway, this is getting a little expansive. But it was just funny because I was like watching Lord of the Rings. And I was like, I'm pretty sure nobody intended this to be a statement on like industrial society and it's whatever. But... uh well, here we are. We did it. I did it. You know what? 
Peter Jackson slash J.R.R. Tolkien and Ted Kaczynski. Basically the same guy, as far as I can tell. So, uh, that's what you listen to this for, right? The connection. The feeling of connection. Alright, we'll see you in a few miles. Well, that was a uh, much more than I expected. Yeah, I guess you know I said it was going well, and at the same time, uh, I was comparing Lord of the Rings to the Unabomber's Manifesto, and uh, revealing to the world that I think about the Unabomber's Manifesto often. So when I said I was doing okay, I think that that needs to be taken very relatively. <laughs> All right, let's see what's next here. Okay, mile 17.64. I just crossed a creek. (laughs) There was... There was a... Miscommunication between me and the map of the Fossil Creek Natural Area. So I walked along the frontage road of Interstate 25 for much longer than I would have preferred. Then cut in. Then found a street that, uh said no outlet and I was like that's probably only for cars right and uh debatable but I I made it across (laughs) by taking my shoes and socks off and wading through a creek Uh, and only one of my pant legs got completely soaked up to the knee so I probably only smell 20% like an old creek And uh, other than that, I'm doing great. So I kept waiting for somebody to come out with a shotgun and kill me. But uh, that didn't happen. So, you know, it's not all negatives. Uh, Pretty sure this is going to end up being a little longer than 20 miles. For one thing, I forgot that Poonmaster Flex had to drop me off like a mile further back than I had intended because of road work. And I was just like, eh, fuck it. I'll start from the exact place I started last year. And just go in the opposite direction. Um, but then, these detours have probably not helped my, uh, you know, hasn't been the most direct route, I'm guessing. <laughs> it's possible it's shorter. That's entirely possible, but based on how things are going... I think assuming that would be a a mistake on my part. Uh, Well, there you go. Yeah, I I crossed a creek. Um, There there was a a miscalculation in the route uh, based on a a map, which uh, showed a road that I thought was a path. And it was a path, but it's a private road. And uh, part of me was like, maybe I should just hop this fence, and then I think I can get to the trail. But then I was like, I don't even know if there's a fucking trail over there. Uh, That was the worst part of the walk, because I had to walk along this frontage road for a while where cars were going like 50. And, you know, there's no shoulder, and you're just kind of walking. You're like, this is, I think this is what people are picturing 
when I say that this is what I'm doing today is like me walking along the interstate or something. Uh, and the plan was to not have to do that much at all. And I ended up having to do it way more than I thought. So, and then I crossed a creek. And of course, you know, my mom was helpful. She was like, you're very lucky that there wasn't like broken glass or something in there. And I was like, well, that's true. But also, I, you know, what's the alternative? Walk along the frontage road and get hit by a car? Eh, you know. Mildly crippling injury versus life-ending injury. I mean, it would be poetic to do that on my birthday. I took the longest walk of all, the walk to death. Let's see what we've got here. All right, 19.92 miles. Doing, uh, doing pretty good at this point. Feeling a little tired, to be honest. Um, just a little over seven hours of walking, uh, only with a couple stops to urinate and uh, tear off my own toenail. So, you know, it's, uh, understandably, I'm a little tired, but I'm trying to hope to capture the exact moment the watch ticks over from 19 to 20. And then, uh, then I'll still have a little more to go. But, uh, so I'll be comfortably over 20. But, uh, yeah, less than 30. Which I, right at this juncture, I'm like, this is a wise choice. You know, maybe, uh, maybe next time I'll be willing to go for 25. Or I did think, like, 26.2. I ran a marathon once. So that's the furthest I've gone on my own steam. But uh, that was coming up on 20 years ago. So, you know, uh, trying to replicate that right away seems like a mistake. Here we go. Did we miss it? There it was, 20 miles. And they're getting slower and slower as the day moves on. But uh, almost done. I think I'm coming up to my my big crossing shortly, and then and I'll have completed the walk for the day. I probably sound a little out of breath. There was an intense hill back there. I was thinking of recording right then, and was like, no, because I'm going to sound out of breath. But I feel like I sound out of breath when I'm normally recording. So when I'm like uphill walking recording, I'm like, <laughs> but uh, I think I think Helpful Snowman's gonna be okay health-wise. Good news for everyone. That was that was cool. I captured the actual moment of 20 miles. That's big for me. I don't know if anybody listening gives a fuck about that. Also, that was some disgusting sounding audio. But hey, here we are. <laughs> a lot of rustling here. 
rustling, ruffling. Not sure what's happening. Alright, so we made it. We made it to Council Tree in Fort Collins. It's a little... Let's see what it was. Twenty point three seven miles. So pretty close to what I expected, I guess. Pretty close to planned, although not the route I planned. I think the route I planned would have ended up being a little longer. But uh My legs are very tired. And I'm like me is very tired. But uh, I made it. And tomorrow I'll be thirty nine years old. And I've walked uh, 20 miles today. So maybe I'll walk 30 for the last day of my 30s. I don't know if I'll, I'll make it. I think I can, though. I think I just got to be a little prepared. You know, it's the funny thing about, like, preparing for a marathon or just, like, a long walk or something, right? Because you're like, well, I mean, who's got the time, though, to walk for five, six hours uh, twice a week? It is a lot of time. I'm not gonna lie. But uh, maybe if I walked a little bit, you know, three times a week and just walked a little more, I'd probably be more prepared for 30. But I think I could make it, because I arrived at the end, and then I looked around at 2nd and Charles for like almost two hours. So I was still standing the entire time. I wasn't walking, but I was standing. So I mean, that's something, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess, you know, if I'd done another two hours of walking instead, I would have got another six miles or so. So that would have put me at 26. And I could probably have gutted it out to 30. But uh, that's Poonmaster Flex texting me, because she's going to come pick me up. Although she said it's going to be 30 minutes, which is making me very sad at the moment. <laughs> Alright. Well... There we go. I guess we'll see. I, don't, I haven't decided if I'm going to use this or not for the show because I can't decide if, you know, I'm into the everything is content or not. Maybe I'll get desperate or maybe I'll just decide I want to do it. Who knows? But uh, happy my birthday to you and to me. It ended up being just thanks to me uh, for <laughs> leaving that open. Maybe I'll get desperate, or maybe I'll just want to do it. Maybe it's maybe it's not desperate. Maybe I want to. <laughs> okay, that's probably what's happening. I'm probably not desperate at all. I I certainly didn't get desperate to do this within uh, like two weeks. <laughs> all right. Well, there you go. That's our show for today. Hope you enjoyed it. That little uh, walk along with me, I guess, feeling and. Uh, enjoyed me making my birthday into you know listenable content ish I guess I can't make that guarantee I probably shouldn't but uh I did and you can't fucking stop me cause I am now an adult <laughs>